0: But this is basically all you need to do. You need to have a problem that you solve and you need to have a way for people to pay you. That's it. Mind blown, right? That's it. That's all you need. I'm going to say you should only spend your time if it brings you one of two things, right? If it brings you money or if it brings you joy. And if it brings you both double down on that shit. (laughs) Welcome.
1: You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and tips from people who are doing something better than we are whether it's wellness or relationships to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better. Start now. Hey, you're on air with Ella and today I'm joined by Bridget Boucher. Bridget, where are you? Atlanta, Georgia. As we are speaking, my husband is on an aircraft flying to Atlanta. I shall tell him to look you up. I will wave from here. Let's tell everybody, Bridget, who you are and what you do.
0: Yes. Hello, listeners. So I'm Bridget Boucher. I am a CFO for entrepreneurs. I love to talk about all the money things, change the conversation, um, and talk about how we can use it as a tool to just live the life that we deserve.
1: So Bridget is one of those unicorns that has a little something in common with me in that, Bridget, you had a high corporate existence. You were very much a part of the corporate machine for some time as CFO by the age of 30, if I have my facts right. That's right. Okay. CFO by the age of 30. And here you are talking about wellness and fiscal responsibility and you're a CFO for entrepreneurs. How did this happen?
0: (laughs) I peeled back all the layers and found my authentic self, right? That's what happened. That's what we all want, right? (laughs) So yes, I started in corporate. I did my CFO thing. And then I left corporate thinking I wanted nothing to do with CFO things. And the reason was because like many of you, I was kind of a pendulum swinger. That version of success meant burnout and, you know, being tired and it just didn't align with me. And so what I didn't realize was I could actually still embody all pieces of myself, my skill set, my experience, my style, and really just do it in a way that felt yummy and juicy to me. So after leaving corporate six and a half years ago, I have been on that journey ever since where that finds me today is just doing things out of alignment, having different language for how I operate having different personal development um, rituals, things that I didn't have language for before, I love to talk about now. So it's like a money thing with a touch of woo, touch of spirituality. The wellness is always a foundation, um, financial wellness or otherwise in what I do. And it just feels so much better to be able to look back and go, gosh, this this is, if I could have envisioned it, this is what it's starting to resemble. And I think that's when we know we're on the right path. And that's where I feel like I am right now. Always a work in progress, but definitely on the right path.
1: We came to know one another because I reach out to the pod fam on a regular basis. And I say, what do you want to talk about? Like this show is collaborative. I'm here for you. What do you guys want to talk about? And I had several requests to talk about early entrepreneurship and starting a business on a budget, and possibly the idea of converting a hobby or a personal passion into a revenue-producing business. Now, this is fun for me. I could talk about this stuff all day, but I really haven't. So I'm super, super excited, Bridget, to start talking about some of these topics just because the family is asking for them. And Ashley, who happens to be a listener, thank you very much, Ashley, but also a friend, she was like, you have to talk to Bridget." Like you two have to connect, so I immediately stalked you, hunted you down, and asked you to come join us. So, will you talk to us today a little bit about starting a business on a budget and really speaking to that early entrepreneur?
0: Yes, yes. Hello, Pod Fam. Thank you for this question. It's really exciting. I want you to listen up. You know, there there is um, sometimes a, con- a misconception that it it costs a lot of money to start a business, and I, I'm here to squash that for you. Um, If you're a product-based business where you're manufacturing something, that might be a little bit of a different story. However, if you're a service-based business, like I am, like I provide a service of CFO and financial services, or if you're a coach or a mentor or or whatever that looks like, if there's not like a product being made, you can start very quickly and very easily. Thankfully, in the day and age that we are in right now, there are a lot of systems in place for entrepreneurs to get started. Inexpensive, um, easy to use systems that are affordable for startup um, businesses. And so, I mean, I can operate a service-based business on a budget even today until I hire a team. So if you're just thinking about getting started, you have this idea in your mind and you're like, dang it, it won't go away. The whispers are getting louder, louder, louder. Listen to that. That's your intuition. Something is calling you. There might be a demand for this. You have a problem that you can solve. Don't shy away from that. Think about how could I make this happen and how could I make this happen quickly? I will say, I love a website. I love a digital footprint. You don't need it first. You do not need a website first. Use your Instagram as your website. Just show up there, speak, post, add value. So eventually a website, yes, so people can buy in different things. But this is basically all you need to do. You need to have a problem that you solve and you need to have a way for people to pay you. That's it. Mind blown, right? That's it. That's all you need. And I will, I will share this with you. A hundred percent of the time as entrepreneurs, we do thing, we undercharge in the beginning because we don't feel like we have social proof. And while there's nothing wrong with that, we all do that. I want you to be really mindful of the transformation that you're providing and not the hours that you're putting in, because those are two different things. Say that again, be really, really mindful about the transformation that you're providing for your client not the number of hours that you're putting in. There is value in that. For you to be able to solve a problem took you years to figure it out. Maybe you've been in training, maybe you're certified, maybe you've solved the problem yourself or you know whatever that may be. That took you a long time to get that expertise. And in the end, what do people want? We just want our damn time back. That's all we want. We want our time back. If you can help reduce my learning curve and solve a problem that I'm struggling with, I will gladly pay you for that. And so, when you start to think about the value of that, that value exchange, make sure that you're really mindful of that. Um, And a, a second thing with pricing, a lot of people say, well, let me just do it for free so you can get an experience and I'll give, you know, then you can give me a testimonial. And while there's nothing wrong with that, know that that first client, you are actually going to pour more in than you ever will again because you are so excited about making this experience good. So it's okay to charge something for that because it's always going to grow and get bigger. It is your obligation to continuously reevaluate your pricing as you go through because you're just one client away from confidence.
1: I could talk about I could do an entire series on pricing conversations. I think that women tend to undercharge. I think that entrepreneurs tend to undercharge and I think that people forget to price the outcome and they price the process. And it goes both ways. You can th- you can think because a process is very long and involved, you should be able to charge more. The truth is, you're pricing based on the outcome that you deliver. In your words, the transformation. This the process that's on you friend <laughs> so right if it takes you an hour or a month it's the outcome that you're selling and the outcome is the value i i could talk about that all day long i want to go back though and i want to dive a little bit into how easy it is to start a business right now. And the perspective that I want to share there, Bridget, is I have a belief that the only thing that keeps the hobbyist from becoming an entrepreneur, as an example, the only thing holding you back at this point is fear. Because at no other time in history have you been able to make a website for free, make a podcast. You can make a podcast for relatively free, not 100%. You can start a social media page for free. You can market to incredibly niche audiences for like $25 or free. Mm -hmm. I mean, never before in the history of humanity has it been easier and have the least amount of friction to actually start the logistics of a service-based business. Again, we're not really talking about inventory. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, I think our greatest hurdle is here and I'm pointing to my head. I think the greatest fear is head and heart and it's fear. Can you tell me a little bit about what that looked like and felt like to you because you left the comfort of a very secure corner office.
0: Sure did. I was the bee in the corner office. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was my original version of success, y'all. And it's pain. I still have a quarter office. It's just in my house. So, but do you place.
1: still have the pencil skirts? That's what I want to know.
0: <laughs> nope. Traded those in elastic all day. Um, but yeah, I love that. It is fear. There are, There is a lot of fear that comes with that. Fear of failure, fear of judgment. Um, fear, just self-doubt creeps in, um, you know, there's a lot of voices in our head. And a lot of times what we do is we wear busy as a badge of honor. So we don't have to listen to those voices. If you're an entrepreneur, you may not have that luxury. And I would invite you to really sit with those emotions because they're going to keep coming back if they, if you don't work through them. So when you're starting out and you start to have this doubt, you start to have this fear. It's really important that you understand why you're doing this in the first place. Something is calling you towards this it is 100% likely that you do something really well that a lot of people don't. And don't underestimate what that is.
1: Don't you think we do underestimate what that is? When we're good at something, we tend to have a blind eye to it. We tend to almost take it for
0: granted. Yep, because it's not a pain point for us absolutely and so when you have that fear and you start to come into the idea of owning a business or starting a business you'd be like oh my gosh am i cool enough to do that that sounds crazy a lot of businesses were born last year in the pandemic or the last year and a half um because people are stepping out into that um environment you know they're saying i'm going to take control i'm going to be um i'm gonna be self-made if you will if you've seen the hashtag self-made um that's what's happening right now and they're doing it because there is an open market to be able to do it you know what? When you think about that doubt, I want you to think about something really important. There is a big distinction between what makes you credible and what makes you incredible. What makes you credible? Certification, resume, experience. Um, you know, whatever. Blah 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 blah. Right, the letters behind your name. What makes you incredible? Your style, your delivery, your energy. Right, your presence, the way that you solve a problem. Right that's what makes you incredible. And so the, I could look out there and be like, there's a million CFOs out there. Well, nobody's going to CFO like me, right? Because I have peeled back the layers and I'm working really hard to show up in a way that feels really authentic. And so everything that you're doing now and everything you've done to this point is priming you for the next step. Embody all pieces of you. When I left corporate, I, want, I swung the pendulum so far. I want to do everything I did corporate wellness consulting, I walked dogs, I did network marketing, like I just did all these things, they all show up in how I serve now. Even though I came back like quote unquote home to my financial background, it's just nobody's going to take that away from you. Just repackage it and do it in a way that feels really good to you. That's how you attract the right clients. When you play a role, when you've got this armor on that's kind of just like here's my box that I'm fitting in, um, that's who you're gonna attract. Show up as yourself, wave your damn weird flag. Just do it. See who comes running. it's It's so much more fun when you when you get to embody it that way because if you're sitting there and you're going, but yeah, I've got this nine to five and I really want to turn this hobby into a business, you know, what are you doing it for? You know, what is what excites you about it? What lifestyle are you trying to achieve on the other side? And if you make all those personal sacrifices and you rebuild what you came from, what the hell was it all for? right? It's got to be different. Own it. Have fun with it.
1: An analogy that I like to share and have to remind myself of with great frequency, Bridget, is think of a deck of cards, right? But instead of 52 cards, there's infinity cards. (laughs) And each card is a trait or an interest or a skill. And there's not a skill or a trait I have, for example, that there's not someone better in the world. So someone is always going to be er than me at literally everything. Okay. So they're going to be faster than I am. If I'm talking about my physical health and triathlon, they're going to be smarter than I am. If I'm talking about literally anything, um, they're going to be funnier than I am. They're going to this, that, er, er, er. Okay. Superlatives left and right. But nobody, because there's infinity cards, no one has the same stack of cards that I do. So they don't have the same combination of those skills and those traits and those interests and those unique things. And not that is true for every single one of us. And so I think that looking around and scanning the universe for people who are er, than you at something is such a profound waste of time and a better use of our time. And again, I have to practice this, okay? I have to practice this too. Um, But a better use of our time is articulating what's on our cards. What does that stack look like for us? You have such an interesting stack. So Bridget is a financial wizard, but she's also super interested in wellness. You're really, uh, you light up a room when you walk in it and you have a personality, which I'm just gonna go ahead and say it that sets you apart from a lot of CFOs. <laughs> <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> not, I'm not even scratching the surface on all of the different cards that are in Bridget's stack. And every single person who's in on this conversation with us today got to create their stack out of infinity. And it's just a much better use of our focus to articulate what that is than to keep scanning the environment in comparison.
0: Yes. Amen. I love that analogy. I love that example. Oh, Well, thank
1: you for coming to my TED Talk. Let me ask you this. What (laughs) things should we be considering before we make this investment, big or small, no matter what money is required? Time And spirit are required, Bridget. (laughs) So any way you flip it, it definitely takes time and focus and emotional energy and all the things. So what do you think people should consider before they make that investment or before they make that leap?
0: Yeah, it's oh, I love this question so much. Um, and I love that you brought it full circle that, you know, money is not the only currency. Time and energy are as well. You brought in spirit, all of that, these are things that are resources. So money is a renewable resource. Time is not. So think about how you're spending your time. So I'm gonna give you three, three things to consider before you invest in something. One of them is really um, gonna gonna hit home, I believe, for the listeners based on what we've been talking about so far. So, um, it's what is it costing you not to do this? Oh, I love that. So think about that, and 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 I'm gonna go right back to what Ella said: is time, you know, stress, lack of sleep, you know, wondering what if, um, you know, poor decision making because you're just stressed. You're kind of in a grind. Like we used to glamorize grind. To hell with that. No more, no more. Um, so think about what it's costing you not to do that. That's number one. Number two is what are the benefits if you do or potential benefits, right? It's all about possibility and potential, but you can't even make an adjustment if you don't make a decision. So the quickest way to figure out if it's working or not is to, to make a decision. But think about the benefits there's tangible and, and, and intangible. Tangible could be the, the money, the revenue that comes in, the lifestyle that comes with it. Um, it could be knowledge, it could be network. It could be fulfillment, like really loving what you do. It could be in my case, I love not setting an alarm in the morning. That was something that was a really big why for me. And I love having a morning routine that allows me to work on myself before somebody else's agenda and just being able to have that freedom of flexibility of time Mm -hmm. and, you know, not putting in a PTO request if you want to go out of town, you know, and, and just really managing your, yourself. Like when you think about that, like that's a pull. That's something that speaks to you, right? Can I just tell
1: you that when you can articulate what your life looks like and doing it in the present tense is really powerful. But if you can describe what your life looks like, experiencing what you are trying to create, I truly believe it's a little woo. I truly believe that it will help you create that or draw it to you faster. Yep. So I, I think this is so important, what you're saying, yep. really picturing the life that you are trying to create for yourself down
0: to the detail. Down to the detail. Hear us when we say it, 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 it you have to have a little woo-woo in your woo-woo. Like it's just... Part of being an entrepreneur, you have to be able to surrender to outside things, whatever that is for you, um, outside source, whatever that is, it's really important. So think about how I used to do this backwards for a long time. And I think Elle and I have both been really um, you know, we're still work in progresses. So we're sharing what we've learned so far with the hopes that this resonates with you, but know that we're still on the journey, <laughs> very much so. Um, but one of the things that I had decided that when I started this business and all the iterations, I had to determine that lifestyle that I wanted. What is my ideal lifestyle plan? What does it look like in detail, as Ella said? And then I had to build my business plan around it. We did it backwards. We used to build a business plan and then whatever was left over, energy or otherwise, our life got no more. That's the road to burnout. That's the road to burnout real fast. So lifestyle plan, build a business plan around it.
1: Bridget, someone is listening right now. I can feel them. And they are thinking, "Oh, that must be nice." You probably had a big fat nest egg to rely on. Mm -hmm. And I shared recently, and by the way, great if you do. (laughs) I shared recently on an episode that when I started my business, you know, eighteen years ago, we had three hundred dollars. So if three hundred dollars feels like a nest egg to you, then then you should talk to Bridget.
0: Yes. Yes. And that's a great question because you likely are sitting there going, but how am I going to pay my bills? What am I going to do? You have got to do something to take care of your home, yourself, your life. You've got to be able to keep going and stay afloat. So whatever you're doing in the short term or in the meantime is funding this dream. It's just funding it. So maybe you go part-time, maybe you have a full-time job. Maybe you're dabbling with this on the side, take care of your home first, because that will stress you out beyond words um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend what I did, which is leaving a, you know, a CFO salary and, and stopping, but I did have a nest egg to give me some room. Um, if that's not you, does, you know, that just means you gently untangle the nine to five and pull it into the actual entrepreneurship, whatever that looks like, but just be mindful of that. You know what it costs you to live. This is, it's called a burn rate. I call it a burn rate. This is what your personal burn rate. What does it cost you to live every month? Groceries, rent, mortgage, car payment, whatever that is, what do you need to cover in order to um, pay your bills and, and live? What does it cost you? And then your business also will have a burn rate, which will be a lot smaller, especially in the beginning of starting up. You know, you, you file an LLC for 50 bucks, hundred bucks, whatever it is. Um, is. You're going to stand a little taller. you to be like, I got a business. I would encourage you to do that because there's something symbolic about doing that that tells the universe that you're serious.
1: I totally agree. You just pay the hundred bucks and establish yourself as an LLC, and then you're not a businesswoman. You are a business. You are a business.
0: And don't get hung up on the name. I got so hung up on the name. You can tile and just do it with your own name, and then figure out how to you know change that or do business as whatever. But the point of this whole thing is is that is where you really need to be able to transition. You need to. be mindful of your expenses because not being mindful and not managing your money will stress you out beyond words. So get that covered first, then start to develop your business plan, your lifestyle plan, your ideal lifestyle, not may not come to fruition right away. It's a journey. I'm six and a half years in, the first four years, I didn't have mentorship. I didn't seek. I was playing really small. A lot of this ballooned for me once I started getting in the rooms with the right people, understanding what the possibility was, what the tools were, and just really allowed me to dream bigger. So you if you're sitting there and you're saying, I- I'm not in that position yet, that's fine. Focus on the word yet. You are not in that position position yet. However, making these small shifts over time will get you closer and closer and closer.
1: Okay, so you said there are three things that we should consider before making that investment. And the first one is really asking yourself, what is it costing you not to do this? The second thing that you said was, what are the benefits if you do? And that's where we talked about a lifestyle plan. What's the third?
0: Cash money, y'all. <laughs> so cash flow. It would not be it would not be an interview with me if I didn't talk about cash. So cash is queen, for sure. For sure. So, you know, we don't want to be reckless with spending. We want you to take care of yourself, your obligations, your home. Um, As you start to think about making an investment, you you want to understand what that return on investment could be. It be It could be, oh, if I get one client, this investment is paid for, you know, great. Or it could be, I'm getting my time back. Like, what is that, you know, being intentional with your time. If you hire a team member or an assistant or something, what does that do it you know they get to handle some of the back end you get to go be the face of your business which is likely what you are if you're an entrepreneur and doing the things that only you can do so think about the cash flow you you know i'll give you a couple tips on cash flow cash flow think of it this way managing your cash flow is as simple as this you literally want to receive money faster and pay it out slower <laughs> that's literally the gist of it yeah
1: i had to go to business school for 2 years in order to learn that and you right. just said it in 10
0: seconds <laughs> So think about how, you know, you're not just, we talked about pricing, but how you're receiving money. Are you getting paid up front? Is there a deposit, um, you know, that, that somebody's paying? Are you paying credit card fees? Are there different ways you can receive money? That's all cash inflow management. And then on the outflow, it can be as simple as this. If you've got good credit, you can put things on a credit card, buy yourself some time. Just make sure you know when that bill's due. You can not pay bills until they're due. <laughs> That's something that a lot of entrepreneurs, they just want to get it. It's like a checklist. Oh, it came into my inbox. I'm just going to pay it, but it's not due for 15 days. Give yourself a little break. Um, things like that. Um, also, yeah, I really just like uh, managing subscriptions. Like your 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 profitability kind of bleeds away like 15 bucks at a time. Just making sure you're using them. It's not that subscriptions are bad. I have plenty but they if i'm not using them they're just kind of a waste right yeah so things like that are really important so that's the third and final thing is cash flow just know that you're going to be okay that you're covering your personal burn rate as you transition into entrepreneurship that you're covering whatever your business burn rate is which is essentially the same thing but for your business it just means what do i have to pay to run this business even if i didn't sell a thing and so what that could be is a system subscription a rent or a lease things like that
1: Okay, that makes perfect sense. And again, this isn't fancy. We're not ta- you don't have to be a CFO to figure out your burn rate and just what cash you need to survive from month to month. So thank you for breaking that down for us. Tell me something though. What are some of the most common mistakes that you see entrepreneurs or soon to be entrepreneurs make when it comes to their finances?
0: Yeah, I, you know one of the big ones is kind of what we're just we're we're alluding to here is visibility, right? So you've got to have visibility to your finances. You have to be able to tell your money where to go, or it'll just kind of disappear. So think about visibility. There are really, again, we mentioned systems. You know, a lot of our clients use QuickBooks. Um, they connect to your bank account and your credit card. You can bootstrap and do an Excel spreadsheet. If you don't speak Excel, get a pen and paper, right, and just kind of track those inflows and outflows. But it's really important that you have visibility to your money so that you can use it to create more money. <laughs> That's really what we want to do. We want to invest time and money in order to create more time and money. So um, visibility is the first thing. Um, Numbers can be empowering. You know, Change the conversation that you have with your money. Don't chase it. When you chase things, they run away. Um, Call it in in a way that feels good to you where you've got targets and you've got incentives for yourself. You reward yourself. Visibility is huge for that
1: you and I both passionately believe that personal finance, managing your money is a form of self care. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit about what you're talking about. I know in so many of us, I know this to be true from conversations with people and just this topic coming up frequently. So many people, when it comes to their money, you know, we want to put a hood over our eyes and just, Mm -hmm. just be like, it'll hopefully it'll still be there when I come out. Like what, What you do and what you're so good at helping people see is that it is helping people see money through a totally different lens. So through a lens of potential and what is possible for me, and that is much more empowering language. What do you say to the folks who are still like, they've got the hood right below their eyes and they're considering lifting it up? Like, how do you, how do you inspire them to say, Hey, make, make friends with your money and it will serve you.
0: Yes. Okay. So um, we've got to peek behind the curtain and we have to look the money monster in the face in order to make her prettier over time. That's it. You've just got to start. Your starting point is literally just that. If you know where you are today, and only if you know where you are today, can you improve it? And there's two ways to improve your profitability, personal or otherwise. You either increase your revenue or you decrease your expenses, period. And when you think about your business, you think about your life, you think about how you spend your time, I'm going to say you should only spend your time if it brings you one of two things, right? If it brings you money or if it brings you joy. And if it brings you both, double down on that shit.
1: (laughs) Okay. Tell me some more sort of common mishaps that you see.
0: Yeah. With entrepreneurs, I tend to see, um, and you kind of alluded to this, I think earlier is we tend to look outside of ourselves to get, you know, compare you know, what is everybody else doing? And a lot of times I'll see entrepreneurs kind of over invest, um, and maybe over invest in, in the wrong things. And what I mean by that is I see a lot of entrepreneurs that might have FOMO. Well, this person is in this group, or I need to be in this program or, you know, but, but they don't leave time. This is what I mean by this. They don't leave time to execute it, to actually implement it. So there's this like, I'm in a mastermind, it's over, I'm going to go sign up for another mastermind, then I got to be in this mastermind. And all of a sudden, I'm getting so much information that I don't really have time to really process it, take what's for me and leave what's not, and actually implement it. And so that's what I've noticed a lot in the entrepreneurial space. I am a huge believer in masterminds, mentorship coaches, they are high ticket. But if you do them intentionally and you show up and you take the time to implement them, that changed my entire business when I did that. However, if you do too many at one time, it's just like anything, you're chasing too many squirrels. It's just, you're not going to catch any of them, right? So that's really important that I see with entrepreneurs is kind of getting in that overinvestment phase.
1: One example of this to me is when we are so stuck in consume mode that it keeps us from producing. So, when you're consuming, 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 you are not producing. So, I might read a really excellent book to use myself as an example. And unless I do anything with that, I'm staying in consume mode. So, I'm not applying it. I'm not producing for myself. Here's the deal if you are reading, 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 listening, 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 buying, 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 very often that creates a sense of busyness, but you are consuming and not producing. So to build on what you just said, Bridget, it's so powerful to take a few tools to listen, go listen to that business podcast. That's outstanding. Listen to their three tips, then write them down and then circle the one you're going to do. The best book that you've read is the one that you do something with, but we get stuck in consuming.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Definitely. The other thing that I think is really important to add on to this and this may sound so obvious as a common mistake. This may sound like something that well, of course, right? But entrepreneurs miss this. So I really want you to hear this if you're thinking about going into business, you're thinking about turning that hobby into um to a monetized machine, you have got to tell people you're open for business. You have got to tell them. And I'm not saying once I'm not saying twice. I'm saying consistently, the thing you're going to do to show up. I'm not saying shove it down their throat, every, posting three times a day or wherever your platform is. I'm saying they have to know what you do so that they can place you. So if you are the guru of X, they need to know that when X comes up, they know where to go, You're top of mind. And so use whatever feels good to you from a communications or a, um, a standpoint of a platform that you're using and make sure that you're saying you're open for business because people don't know. They just don't know. You may think that they know, but they don't.
1: So we're saying we're open for business and we're being very clear about what business that is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that. I was just um, on Instagram and I was super interested in the content that an account was posting about podcasting. And so what do you do when when you see something of interest? You go to their profile to see what you can learn more. And this was about podcast creation. So you would kind of think that they would know what business they were in and let everybody know they're open for business. When I went to the profile, I could not figure out even actually what, what the actual business was, where to learn more. And I couldn't find their podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, I care about the, like, I, I, sent them a message. I was like, I come in peace, but I just want to tell you, like, make it really easy for me to know who you are and what you do. Now I say that I can always, the cobbler's children has no shoes. Like there's (laughs) so much I could improve. So please know that I know that, but you're so right that because we're out there and we're putting that sweat equity in every day, we, we just kind of assume not because we have, uh, presumed grandiosity, but because it's all we think about and all we do, we're like, how can people not read my pain? <laughs> like, How is right. this not obvious? We don't, nobody knows until you tell them not no. just who you are, but what you do and what difference it will make to them. Yes. That last piece for sure. Okay. Bridget, any other mistakes that you can tell us to avoid?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is, is own it. You've got to give it a shot. You've got to get um, real used to feeling that fear and doubt and just stay on it. One of my favorite quotes about that is, you know, entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. And the only people that die on a roller coaster are the ones that jump off. So just stay on it. It's going to be peaks. It's going to be value. Surround yourself with people that get it that are on the journey. Your loved ones might not be entrepreneurs. That's okay. Mine aren't either they're in my life for a reason. It's not to grow my business. So I got to seek out people that, I, that are on it, that get it, that can support me and understand me because we are not meant to do this alone. So stay with it, stay on it, pivot when necessary. I'm rooting for you. Ella's rooting for you. We've got, we've got this. It's just all about what you want out of life. And how can you make that happen?
1: Bridget, thank you. This has been such a good starter kit for those who have considered either going into business or perhaps monetizing on their hobby, or perhaps they're even an early entrepreneur and might be sort of feeling like they're chasing their own tail a bit. I mean, that's your sweet spot. I know you work with a lot of service-based entrepreneurs, coaches, even attorneys and photographers and web designers, and, and the list goes on. But tell me, like, how do you work with people specifically?
0: yeah, so um a couple different ways. i I love I am a huge fan of empowering people getting started. <laughs> so I do a lot of free things, you know, and and that's one thing that I want to start with. Um, I have a free Facebook group called Money Mondays. If you're a scaling entrepreneur, a sp- an aspiring entrepreneur, or if you've been in business for a while, Um, I go live every Monday and drop some money bombs about things that I'm going through. I'm very vulnerable about my business and how I'm scaling. I've shared, I've peeked behind that curtain for that money monster and shared that in that group. Um, So it's a free group. It's a free resource. It's a community of entrepreneurs. I would, if you're interested in starting a business or in any of those categories, I would start there. I also like to simplify things. Um, I have a free free resource called the five numbers you need to know. So never leave money on the table again, five numbers that you need to know as a business owner. That's something that we'll link in the show notes. And then, you know, clients. You know, I I mentioned, you know, when I started to become my authentic, soulful CFO, I started calling in some amazing clients that really value, um, you know, this experience and this journey. They're heart centered, they're passionate, they're coachable, um, and they're just excited about their mission. And so my team and I work with one on one clients virtually. Um, That's something that we um, offer. Um, as a starting point, we do money mapping sessions to figure out a deep dive into your numbers, give you some strategy and those types of things. So there's a, there's a bunch of different ways, but I definitely want to lead with some of the free resources. And, you know, if you heard something that you like, I'm definitely available on Instagram to be able to chat, um, and just see where this journey takes you, you know, we're all in it together.
1: Well, the Pod Fam knows that every single link will be in the show notes, and we'll make it super, super easy. I'm going to do something too. I will put in the show notes the I think it's maybe five resources that I use every week of my life to run my small business, and show you. First of all, if if any of them cost money, I almost always have a promo code, so I'll share that. But I want I want people to be able to see the very few systems it takes to start your personal passion business. I simply want to share with you just the very short list of things that I use to kick off my business and just show you how very simple, simple it can be. So I'll add that to the show notes for this episode. Bridget, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. We will put all the links on where to find you in the show notes. Thank you. See ya. Okay, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, find me on Instagram at OnAirWithElla or open the show notes for this episode and get all the links at OnAirElla.com. There's no whip. It's just OnAirElla.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing the show. And thanks for inspiring me. You are, quite simply, awesome.